This is Purple Radio On Demand. This is the moment, it's Archer to Guttel. Two to win. Guttel's gonna push for two, they've got to go. It's gone through, it's gonna go to the keeper's end. He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! By the barest of all margins! Absolute ecstasy for England! Agony! Agony for New Zealand! What can I say? Rules must be obeyed. For those of you who listened to episode 1 of the second series of Free Red Skooma, you may have recognised that the intro song was haunted by Taylor Swift. England was certainly still haunted by past mistakes, failures and a sense of deja vu quickly developed as New Zealand battered them in the first test. Moving on to the second test, and England showed promise. Joe Root scored a double hundred, they passed 400 in the first innings and fleetingly looked as if they would push the Kiwis close. But as is so often the case, England seem only to pick up their performance levels after serious questions being asked by the English public. The fact remains that England drew the match and lost the series. In episode 2 of Free Red Skumar, we look back at that match, reflect on some sad news from the week, ahead of England's tour of South Africa at Christmas, Australia's recent success and examining a dramatic year in cricket in 2019. It seems fitting from an English perspective that the intro song to Purple Radio's last episode of Free Red Skumar of 2019 is Abba's The Winner Takes It All, think July the 14th. With me to discuss it all is Head of Hospitality, uh, sports, sports, sorry, Ed Chambers, <laughs> who got the whole of Purple Radio executive boxes at the, perp, at the Oval for the opening game of the 100 next summer, and Will Hobbs, potentially the future Head of Sport, last seen at the Durham University Intercollegiate Christian Union carol service flexing his purple Team Durham rugby jacket. Was he really there to sing carols? One wonders. This is Free Reds Kumar, and it's body of Chambers and Hobbs calling the shots. Oh, thank you for Hello, that, Adrian. Boys. That's uh, really nice to finish the year, and you're not going to let me uh, get past yeah, another hospi- little bit of a hospitality burn in there. Not. I want to hear more about this carol service. You, I, I've seen Will around like Durham a few times, and he's always got, to be fair, if you had the rugby stash, it'd be rude not to wear it. And, he's uh, fourth team, though, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, you know. Right, let's just clear this up, please. Plenty uh, higher than I'd ever be, mate. Oh, yeah. That's true. Okay, the stash Chambers has seen me in it is a rucksack. I don't have any other rucksack. He has the. He I has. Will, the I will. I will plug my rucksack. It yeah. is. How much did it cost you? Fifteen, twenty. No it's way. A, it's, a very, it's a very helpful rucksack. That's good. It's, big. it's practical. It's, it's not. It's not a flashy symbol. I don't think. It's something that I that I use in my day to day life and, and get on a, as a student. The jacket is very warm. Mm-hmm. Well, how, how much did that cost you? That cost a fair bit more than the yeah. than the rucksack. But that is a Team Durham jacket. That is not a DURFC jacket. So uh-huh. that representing the university, you know, yeah. versatile. And I belted out those carols very well. Without um, the words, absolutely smashed it. No, we we my my mate got up the words oh, yeah. um, on his phone. You didn't uh, know them off by heart. Well, I knew I knew some of them. So <laughs> um, you've got to be sure because there were a couple of faux pas at the back. If you weren't there, oh, yeah, two thousand yeah. odd people packed into this cathedral. Nothing the, worse. The back, this cathedral, cathedral, standing at the back, no room to move, no room at the inn. And ru- yeah, well, hundred percent. We were about a hundred yards away from the main sort of hub of noise, and the first carol we belted it out and managed to finish the first verse about 
five seconds before the, the rest of the chapel. Yeah. Um, so we sort of had to really? reassess. We, we, we went for power, went for venom, yeah. and had to sort of backtrack a bit. A venomous carol, no Yeah, we had yeah. to backtrack a bit and, and make sure the sound was went, in unison. Went in too quickly. Oh, God, yeah, so we didn't want to make the mistakes with those. With vocally or timing-wise, we, we sort of had to rein it in and produce one big sound because it was a bit embarrassing at the start. But yeah. no, I have to admit, I went there and I, I smashed it. Yeah, belted those cows, Adrian. It was like, uh, you know... Oh, it was some analysis. Like, I must admit, I, I felt like I was there. there. I imagine yeah, the listeners there. did as well. I was very proud. Yeah. It's, it's like going out in the first morning of a test match, you know. Yeah. You, you can't win it, but you can definitely lose it. And if you mm. play too many drives early on got to rein it in nothing worse than an out of tune carol i wasn't there though i was at the uh, the uh, aiden's winter ball oh right did a little any carols there 45 minutes set uh, oh that's nice you know how did just, it go uh, yeah it was all right i mean it's like one of those things i mean like people on this radio station have heard me talk a lot and you sort of they certainly have i sort of run out of songs you know you know there's only so many songs that coldplay have written you know they've got a new album out but it's just this too much you know? i'm all out of love you know just just running out of songs to play to to play to the same audience like you know it's just your mates and stuff so that leads beautifully into into something i was just going to chat about briefly oh well, 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 well thank you i mean Spotify i'm really great 2019 wrapped love that yeah and my top song was a coldplay song was it really? Yeah, Sky wow. Full of Stars. Sky Full of Stars. There you go. I've seen you in a completely different light, Adrian. There we go. Where yours was? No, my top... No, it wasn't. My top song. Whoa. Weirdly, what my top song was, I listened to um, a lot of... Uh, throughout the year, I've been listening to a lot of sort of orchestral kind of music, wow. which is like... Um, uh, it's kind of, kind of dramatic, no, kind of dramatic <laughs> stuff that I wanted to use in on the on the radio. Oh, so right, that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff yeah. for our like intro and outro. Yeah. Hans so my sort of Hans Zimmer-esque, yeah. But these guys called uh, ES Posthumous, which I've used a few times on the on the on my shows. Big shout out, yeah, big shout out. Like, they're, they're if you're listening, and um, the, so the song that my 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 top song is generally called Oranu Pie, and it is absolutely beautiful. But I don't know how I managed to listen to it more than any Coldplay song. Mm, no, that's which is kind of extraordinary. Yeah. Very, uh, very interesting. But well, Pops, you must have a 2019 wrapped. Do you know you what you've Yeah, yeah. Mine is Hans Zimmer, Blue Planet. Mm. Right? Similar, similar vibe. I've seen Hans Zimmer live, actually. Incredibly powerful. He must be brilliant. Yeah, he Genius. is. Yeah, he, he comes on a bit of as a, as a god, though. He comes on, there's that song Time from Inception, oh, which yeah. is the one that, like, listeners, if you haven't heard of it, heard it, you will have heard it. Yeah. It's just like, just it comes around a lot. And he comes on, like, the orchestra starts, and he, like, comes on with a guitar, which he got Johnny Marr to record that sound. And he comes on, like, literally with the, the guitar quite low down, just sort of... Just completely low down, just sort of staring, like, kind of quite vacantly into the distance. And he's, like, this mid-50s, like, German guy, obviously, and he looks like such a cool dude. Mm. But, yeah. It's weird, Hans seeing, it's weird seeing your top 100 songs. Because it almost reflects like, certain relationships happening in your life and certain moments. Oh wow, go on! And the, and the changes that happen, that uh, happen throughout throughout the year. You know, you're talking about the various various songs you're popular in the, the spring, the summer, the autumn. Different vibes yeah. going on. It's very interesting. Yeah, uh, I think someone should do a dissertation about it. Yeah, I, had, I mean, I had like a lot of a lot of an album that I was listening to a lot when I was on a holiday, uh, and that all like that whole album is like all in my sort of top thirty. Wow. It's quite interesting. Wow, quite cool. interesting. It takes you back, doesn't it? it when you hear a song, therefore, it just brings you back into that s- sort of place where you were. It's the power it's of music, so powerful. Mm. The power of music. I think we should start anyway. I quite enjoyed that. I yeah. It actually, yeah. is actually quite an interesting thing to share, like who, what your top songs were. Well, you just like, you know, interesting. I, did, I wouldn't have said that you would have done a Coldplay song. Very interesting, because I'm like, you know, taking a lot I of I think it, it reflects very much on my 
on on the character who you are, mm. like a sky full of stars. Interestingly, yeah. my second one was the winner takes it all, and I think right. that very much reflects reflects me in a sporting sense. Yeah, sure. yeah, uh, especially when yeah. you have to go and play a match. Yeah, like, put it on, get up for it. Fortunately, Ab- Abba never wrote a song called Bench Warmer, so I never, <laughs> I never, uh, I never listened to that one. But uh, should we talk some cricket then? Well, let's talk about some rather sad news that came. Rather shocking news. Yeah. I think we should start with the, with the sad news of the passing away of Bob Willis, just the yeah. age of 70 after a short illness. And yeah. when I saw that, when it popped through a notification on my phone, I was like, what? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Because uh, obviously, an English legend. Yeah. And, uh, and then latterly, of course, on, on Sky, on our, our TV screens. Um, and he'd be, he'd, be, he'd be lost in the Sky studio and also... He had a, a unique way, I would say, of 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 uh, yeah of uh, yeah of of bringing his thoughts thoughts to the fore. Quite an outspoken character, and and obviously was part of the of that amazing uh, Headingley Test of 1981. I say yeah. that Headingley Test. Obviously, we've had two amazing Headingley Headingley yeah, Tests yeah, now, yeah. but um, kind of the 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 underdog in that in that in that Test match, which of course was Ian Botham's, mm. but Bob Willis did so much of the groundwork. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely. I mean. Yeah, I mean, Bob Willis ended up winning the game, 8 for 43, yeah. which is one of the best spells in English cricketing history. I know Will was just saying before that obviously only both um, Anderson and Broad have gone past those wickets, which, and it's a thing to remember. I mean, like, I think what a lot of the people tweeting, and, you know, that, I mean, yeah, it was actually a real shock. I mean, mm. he was someone in the 70s, you know, it's fairly young, and he, you know, it was only. Does, does this I remember sitting watching the. the um, the, the debate after the Cricket World Cup yeah. final and just sort of you know seeing him there and he was just such a fixture of that show and it was a show like all of the, the Sky have tried it for the football stuff and it's never worked and the cricket stuff it always worked because of his style and he was um, I think what a lot of people were remarking on was the fact that from a younger generation it's such a long time since he played cricket yeah. for England I think I'm right in saying his debut was in 1973 um, so he played, you know, all the way through, and obviously that eighty-one series is—he's slightly forgotten, I think. And I yeah. think that speaks to a lot of his character. I think, although people saw him as a sort of quite, you know, grumpy, because it was kind of the persona he played a little bit to sort of be quite scathing about England, because um, it was a kind of comedic thing at the same time. Yeah. He was also, you could tell, incredibly humble, and that's one of the things I think that's striking about cricketers as sporting figures in general is they're just not very flashy, and no. he definitely wasn't that. Um, he loved cricket and it was his life and yeah he was one of those one of those people that I think a lot of people who watched him play were quite keen to stress just how incredible he was mm. um, one of the longest run ups you'll ever see just a truly mesmerising player and, and, a, and a great man and, and definitely uh, for, the, for the cricketing world a very very sad loss uh, in broadcasting and cricket terms it's been a mad year for England cricket, but this has left a huge hole. And, and quite a unique reason, I think, because we're talking about a unique personality. Somebody who had charisma in a, in a way that no one else has. You, you have charismatic yeah. people in mm-hmm. sport who are loud, they're flashy. But this guy commanded respect, commanded attention just by being himself. And himself was, was often that sort of guy that people were like, oh, he's a bit moody, isn't he? But yeah. he was phenomenal. He was captain of England. He averaged 25 with the ball in Test cricket, 8 for 43. He made an impact in whatever he did in the game. So when he was captaining, when he was bowling, he made inroads, he made impacts. He was a player that carried people on his shoulders. As a pundit, he turned the show, the verdict, into... If you analyse that show, there's nothing special about it. But what was special about it, what was unique, it was Bob Willis. Mm -hmm. As a personality, as someone who made points that people would listen to. And there's a reason that Joe Root used to impersonate him there's a reason that that Bumble got so many views on YouTube with a Bob Willis impression because Bob Willis is a voice 
a personality, a figure that people are drawn to and attracted to in the sport. And he'll leave a massive hole because of that, because he had the ability with his personality, not doing anything flash, just himself, his own charisma was so magnetic and so mesmerising and it is a massive loss. Yeah, and I mean, to that point in the 1970s, there was this um, thing I was watching, a documentary actually, it was after the uh, Henley test, a lot of kind of revived interest in um, obviously uh, Botham and Willis at Headingley. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there was a great, great interview um, with Charles Col- Colville, who was obviously co- um, Willis's colleague for so long, um, between, uh, with Botham and Willis talking about you know, their careers together really amazing one of the things that struck me is I didn't, I didn't fully know about it the Packer series that kind of happened in the um, late 70s which was kind of you, you talk about it in the same way you talk about the IPL this is a you know Australian businessman who tried to kind of create this kind of league and lots of players sort of mm. dropped out from playing test cricket and Bob Willis was being asked about it and what struck me about it at the time was just the way he sort of it was never an interest to him now, playing for England was always going to be the pinnacle the money never bothered him he was not like that and um, I just think he was someone who, you know, wore the England shirt with, with such pride and, and dedicated himself for, for such a an sort of significant period of mm. English cricket and did some amazing things and, and then talked about cricket in such a, yeah, sure, scathing way, but a way that was always, is always close to his heart. And I think that's one of the things that you always took away from his rants. They're always like, come on, we can do better than this. Um, that scathing nature is something that was definitely f- reflected in his career with his bowling. You know, yeah. it's a mean, nasty, fast bowler. That archetype is something that Bob Willis has set as a trend in a way. Yeah. He's got the hair. He's got a long run up. He had surgery in both knees. Yeah, cool. And he ended up at his end of the test career having more wickets than anyone else other than Dennis Lilly. Mm. So he's someone with fight, with grit, with determination. And he just epitomises what you want an England sportsman to be. And especially with cricket, with, with so much characters, it, it relies on characters cricket. Um, yeah. it, at times the game can lapse and sports fans maybe not drawn to it in the same way unanimously as other sports so you need individuals you need talents in personalities and, yeah. and he certainly was that he, he's, he's brilliant on TV on the, on the field he's one of those cricket personalities that really defines what's great about the game and the last thing I'll say on it is um, I think it was I read an article Michael Atherton did in uh, the Times uh, and I think what I think what he was saying was one of the things that was striking about Willis is the fact that his opponents didn't like him. Mm. They didn't like him because Willis was not open to it. But he said the one thing that was always striking is just how fond his teammates were of him and how much you know, their bonds were and how, how strong the relationship was between all of them. And that speaks a lot mm-hmm. to him. It's very, very, very sad news. Yeah, cheers, guys. And uh, well, thoughts and prayers are with his family at this time. I suppose moving on and looking back at, at the cricket then in New Zealand... Uh, Obviously, England drew that second test. They yeah. were ahead in that match, and you know, at times, and and it felt as if, as I said in the intro, England showed a bit of promise. Uh, what what do we think of that? I mean, starting I suppose with the team selection, went with five seamers. Jack Leach was dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, Debut like, for was, Zach Crawley. That I was going to say, Ed yeah. James's mate. What did you think of it? Mate. Um, well, I thought it was it was. I mean, for me, it was extraordinary. I mean, I don't I don't know Zach that well. I've mm-hmm. known him, known him for quite some time, but. Um, you know he's always a again with cricketers this is a thing I mean one of the things I love about cricketers so much is they're extraordinary talented people but mm. <laughs> invariably incredibly humble and he was that I mean he was just knocking out centuries at the age of 12 for the first team <laughs> easily like he, it was just I think he did two or three in his in his in year 7 or 8 
It was just something that he did, and he was always destined to be very good. I always assumed he'd play for Kent. I always assumed he'd play at a very high level. I didn't know whether he'd ever play for England. For it to come, you know, he's tw- he's 21. In February 98, we looked this up just to work out how many months he's got on me. I might how catch many? up. Um, February 98, so he's got 11 months on me. As in, so I mean, and it's a truly extraordinary achievement. And it was quite, you know, it was quite. I've never, I've never, never seen something like that before. It was quite, quite um, moving. Also, the way that Joe Denley was given yeah. the. Um, the honour of giving him the cap. Yeah. You know, Joe Denley is someone who's obviously not been established in the in the side that much. So you're, you'd normally assume it'd be someone whoever's kicking around in the commentary box. is what they normally do. So can he come down and give him the cap? They gave it to Joe Denley, and he just gave this beautiful. He you did. can see it on yeah. on Facebook or Twitter. Beautiful words about um, about like Zach, a, like a father figure to him. Yeah, absolutely, and and it kind of make it kind of makes sense given how like, I'm sure Joe Denley will have seen Zach playing from the age of 15 probably because mm-hmm. yeah. he's been in and around the Kent setup for a long long time yeah. and you know it's quite a quite a moving thing but Joe Denley comes across I mean like all cricketers do I mean I'm, I'm a massive advocate for cricketers and their personality in general um, given all my actual I mean you joke but I've, I've you know not met them but they've always come into the boxes for corporate things like people like Tufnell and <laughs> Jonathan Trott and stuff and they're always what's sort of striking about them is they're so like like reserved and yeah. just genuine um, yeah, that was really nice. I, th- I mean, obviously he didn't play very well. I mean, he would he would say, yeah. you look at himself, he obviously got one. Um, but it's a daunting thing. Difficult for him to come in. Um, difficult time. And th- at that point, England were already well into the innings. So it's quite it, difficult it? to set yourself. Because I mean, you don't really know what level to go at. I've gone on for quite a bit there. But what I would say about this is... We always get, we often get games like this mm. where, what do you say? I mean, yeah, we've got a lot of runs, but so did New Zealand. And yeah. ultimately, you have to look around and say, well, was it just it was a good pitch for batting? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pick up and go. I think England's biggest issue is away from home. Have they got twenty wickets in their bowling tack? Hobbs. Yeah, it's very touching on Joe Denley. I'm surprised he managed to hold on to the cap before it <laughs> reached that quality. Um Yeah. Look, I got that. Two tests, two test match series. Why, 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 do, why do they happen? Why do we have a series of two test matches? I mean, mm-hmm. who wins? Um, New, Zealand. New Zealand win, <laughs> but, but I mean, I just, I just really don't see that test match was a, a dead test match mm. um, because of the pitch. Yes, it was really pleasing seeing England get runs. We lambasted them for a lack of runs. I was delighted to see Joe Root back into form. Delighted to see Rory Burns looking every inch the solid dependable opener yeah. with shots I was absolutely delighted with that but then it, to pick up on James' point is that just a road is that a return to form for Joe Root really it is a road but it's definitely a, a, <laughs> yeah I mean if, you, if, if Joe Root is getting runs scored. Oh, yeah, yeah. Joe Root has scored. to get runs um, and what, what shows is that he does have class and yeah. he didn't just get runs he got a double hundred um, and that shows that this guy has, is back in form back in rhythm when you've got great players at the top of their game they need to get themselves going it's not necessarily all to do with oh this pitch or oh, he got to run he get runs or oh, he's back in form because mm. he's got runs it, it, it you pick up signals from the player yeah. and the player once the player's in rhythm once the player's in form they're very happy. difficult to stop i'm i'm delighted with the runs and but, but yeah, i just feel a man for big runs but, I, like but big I just feel before this test match like what what can england gain especially on that pitch I, I just I just get frustrated with two test matches in a series. Mm. I really feel that if yeah. you're going to prepare, what does that do? We, we've seen Zach Crawley get one fine. He didn't really get much of a chance. Um, yeah, is he going to play in South Africa? The game just runs out of time. And what have England learned at the end of this series? No. Very little for me. Well, I mean, I think 
I certainly think what I would say taking away from it. Yeah, I mean, I think I actually watched a lot of this test match, same. probably more than I'd be willing to divulge. Yeah, My same. sleeping patterns are, are just about just just about recovering. But I think one of the striking things for me as a, as a fan, as somebody who watches, when I sit there and think, when's he going to get his century? Probably about 10 minutes. And I'm thinking about when he's going to get the runs. It says to me that there's not much of a wicket threat. And there were large parts of that where I thought that the batsman had to get out, that the bowler wasn't going to get them out. Mm. Um, and that speaks to the fact that the pitch wasn't offering nearly as much as previous pitches we've seen this year, you know, um, games that we've seen before. And of course, it's partly deliberate. Yeah. You may argue, because mm. New Zealand won the up, so they don't need to produce a result yeah. wicket. Maybe. But I also think coming out of this series, what it does say is, yeah, you know, sure. I mean, England lapsed and Joffre Archer hasn't performed as well as he would like. Um, the big lapse was on about day three in that first test when BJ Watling and um, Mitchell Satner got in. Otherwise, it's not been a massively one-sided test. No. Well, I said test series, but the tests haven't really been one-sided. There's just a few sessions where he, uh, New Zealand got on top and they continued. Once they got on top, that was it. Um, and it was hard to stay mm. in. So, I mean, I think, but I do think the balance of this team... Okay, I'm... Um, Johnny Bairstow back in? No. No, I don't, I don't think no. I don't think so. I think... I think... Um, I think um, Ollie Pope is a much better pick. I think Butler is a better pick than Bairstow. I just don't think Bairstow really was adding anything yeah. um, to the team this summer, realistically. I don't think his technique is really... I just think he can get found out too easily on middle yeah. stump, and I just think he's too vulnerable. And I don't think he's re- that's really changed for a long period of time. I always feel a bit bad like lecturing these players because, you know, he's so good, but... But he changed it. He changed it because he wanted to play in the yeah. one-day one team. Yeah, of course. And, and he's a World Cup winner. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I just don't think I just don't think he offers enough. And so I just think I just think Bairstow and Butler shouldn't be in the same team. I just I just think they offer similar things. To be honest, yeah. um, I like Ollie Pope in there, and he played very well as well. It's all about reconfiguration at this point with England. We talked about last week about sort of a redevelopment of a new era that can go away and win in Australia. Um, in Australia, yeah. that, that's that's the thought. Um, it's about balance, isn't it? God. Yeah. So Charge should be a fine thing. Wow. <laughs> no, but I suppose long term you've got to start building towards that. Uh, and with all due respect, are you going to win an Ashes series with Johnny Bairstow? Well, well, you're not no. going. To, you're not going to win. I mean, the, the definition of, of insanity is doing the same yeah. thing again, expecting different results. And cheers, Einstein. England, England are going to have to reconfigure their middle order. I mean, we always talked about recently of having a, a strong middle order that can blow teams away with with counter-attackive punches mm. with Bairstow, Butler, Mo and Ali. That's not what's going to win us. We, we've, we've tried that. Um, it, 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 I don't think it's a personal thing on Johnny Bairstow. Is Mo Bairstow. and Ali's test career over? Yeah. For me it is. Um, I wonder whether it is. I mean, Joe Root said the other day that, oh, you know, we'll have a look at Mo and he's nah. a very high player. Uh, I think he might be over. Is he going to win us in Australia? No. I mean, he's proved that, hasn't he? No, I think he's just a very good... I think good he's the answer. He's yeah. one of those players who, when he's in form, he's very, very good. I mean, he's taken more wickets than Leach, though. I mean, Leach yeah, hasn't taken yeah. that many wickets, yeah, really. I agree with that. I agree with that. But I think too much always, always expected a bit of Mo with both the bat and the ball. We always expect him to come in at eight or nine. And also, he's got technical issues. He's obviously got a problem against the short ball. He's also been messed about like yeah. nobody's business during the during yeah, his England he's career. Bat, bat at nine different positions. I mean, he? he's batted every fair from one to nine. I mean, it's extraordinary. It's just stupid, really stupid. But then again, Ollie Pope's getting that way as well. Yeah, it is, it is kind of bizarre. I mean, obviously, you know, Zach Crawley, for example. I mean, I use that example because he's brought in as, brought in as an opener and comes in at number six. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they say that oh, you can open and go at number six. It's just a bit strange. Like, I just, it's a bit of an, an England thing where they just sort of try every, and... Every new player always ends up at number six. 
Well, when and, they made their yeah, debut. I know. And, and they, but then, you know, they all get chucked around. and So that's the one thing I do like. I mean, Root, over time, will get so given... has got a notification. Yeah, it's me, actually. Do you know, you'll, you'll love this. It's from my um, hospitality company. <gasps> go on. Go on. Uh, it's just... Because uh, I get... Because it's on the app. Shall I tell you what, it's, what my yeah, notification is for, yeah. given you're so interested? Um, uh, it Since you've interrupted the podcast. Uh, no, it doesn't tell me. That's really weird. Oh, it's told me. My last notification was asking me if I wanted to work at Wentworth for the golf. So, no, um, yeah, I couldn't do that one. Couldn't do that one. Got shame. Yeah, but, on um, that on that point, I, th- I feel like on the re- reconfiguration sort of aspect, you you, you don't want all rounders. So you don't want to pack your best players. Johnny Best, you look at him, very talented cricketer. Get mm. him in, and that's been the strategy. Now we're seeing right. We don't want our best talent, our best eleven cricketers. Yeah, we want that's right. our we want two openers who can open the batting. Mm. We want a middle order who are middle order batsmen. So it's definitely a change of focus here. And so while we look at Zach Crawley and say he got one, or we look at Ollie Pope, yeah, yeah. as a long-term option, we need players who fit that role. Because if cricket is a team game, it's not about your individuals and about your players coming in. Because we've seen Johnny Bairstow, talented batsman, but if he gets in at, in the wrong place in the test match, that talent is not going to come through. You need that talent in the right context. And therefore, with someone like Ollie Pope, coming in as a middle-order batsman, say, or hmm. having Joe Denley potentially as, as a number three, Joe as a number four, that it's, it's so important in test cricket to get in that right position. And mm. that's what England are focusing on, I think, getting that configuration of people in their positions. Mm. The most extraordinary about Besto is we were sat here 12 months ago and talking about how he just got this brilliant 100 at number three yeah. against Sri Lanka. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose, I mean, you know... I, I, you ben Folks as well. Yeah. Oh, Ben Folks, yeah, absolutely. So I... I Hard to say. Mate, I mean, I think, I think England have got a lot of middle order batsmen, which you are quite like. And I think the thing mm-hmm. that I've taken away from this te- this series is I think Burns has been such a find. I think he's had a really good year. I think he's performed pretty consistently. He'll go well. He'll um, go far. Ridiculous way to get out, but yeah. we leave that. Um, he shouldn't have been out. Also, it took the third umpire about five minutes to give him out, and it was clearly he was clearly short of his ground. But that's another thing because the third umpire had an absolute shocker. <laughs> um, did you see the Ross Taylor decision? Oh. Absolutely horrific. Like there was clearly no hot spot on it, no yeah. no deviation. The frames per second weren't enough. Gives him, mm, it gives him not out, and he clearly hadn't hit it. Um, but the balance of the top order of England is much better with yeah. root at four, root at four, and Denny at three. It works much better, and I think they need to work around that structure. They need Joe Root to bat at four. That's just what's going to happen. People, uh, obviously, we talked about how boring a bit that Test match was. I think the highlight was it of it was um, Joe Denny dropping that catch. How on earth he's dropped it, I will never know. But it was actually quite funny. Joe Archer found it funny, didn't he? I think quite a few people found it funny. I mean, it was so bad. When the bowler finds it funny, you know it. It's. And the game was gone. It's some oh, situation. Yeah. Game was gone. Joe, Joe Denley was obviously thinking about something entirely different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then the ball arrived. It was just like, oh, ball. Yeah, that Ooh. moment sort of summed up the test match. It did. And um, he took one of the best catches I've ever seen off Tim Payne this summer oh, yeah. at Lords. No, I wasn't actually there for that day. Square leg. Uh, yeah, just in front of, yeah. A huge like, diving catch from. I mean, it's extraordinary. But so, I mean, it, I mean, it is happens, one of the funny it? things. Yeah. It happens. It's like golf. Some people can hold them from 80 foot and then they'll miss a two footer. Like, sometimes the easy things can slightly cloud your judgment and it is a it is horrible I mean the slow-mo camera does him no favour oh. at all it's clearly in his hands and he just drops it I mean it's it is and he nearly caught it the second attempt to I mean because it's that slow yeah going back down to the ground can you remember a worse drop catch no. can you identify no. one no I'm not, I don't think I can't I can't say I have not from England's point of view absolutely not I mean I've watched a lot of cricket and I've never seen yeah. one that because it was so loopy like you can sort of you can see them like 
being hit reasonably hard out yeah. at your body and dropping them and you're thinking that really element, should have been element taken. of surprise there was no element but of that surprise. was just chipped that was just chipped so central as well sure right it's right where you want it Incredible. if you wanted to catch it's just <laughs> ideal I mean he probably hasn't taken had an easier chance to catch anything like that in training no. or in matches for about 15 years yeah I mean it was just it was unbelievable anyway I'm thinking I'm Good looking point. forward to the South Africa series Boxing Day Test Match yeah is Keaton Jennings coming back into the team because I read that the other day so that's an interesting one they're talking about for Sri Lanka because he's a very oh, good sure. very okay. good player of spin I think in South Africa I mean this, the South Africa Test Series is a really interesting one South Africa are a team who are fourth in the ICC international rankings England are third and yet have had as an, as bad year as England have in Test Cricket um, they haven't won since since this time last year in January at home against Pakistan obviously Pakistan are not exactly ripping up trees at the moment place, man. Uh, they got beaten by uh, Sri Lanka 2-0 South Africa did at home last year yeah and then uh, and Sri Lanka aren't much to write home about at chess cricket <laughs> either really and then they went to India and lost by 203 runs uh, an innings 137 runs and an innings and 202 runs so this is a South Africa team who are woefully out of form yeah they've got all kinds of problems in their cricket board um, I think it's a really big opportunity for England to, to pick up a big scalp overseas mm. but at the same time that gives added pressure to England to make sure they do that because I think they go in as favourites yeah I mean that that could that could be huge, can it? Psychologically, beating South Africa, no matter what South Africa side you are, mm. that's a big scalp. Yeah, and and that'll be brilliant for England. Keaton Jennings, I mean, yeah, horses for courses is is a new thing that Ed Smith, sort of a phenomenon that he brought in with Darwin Milan. He's mentioned mm. so in Australia, Darwin Milan's record is excellent with that with that higher bounce, um, and and so I really see that as a positive way of thinking in terms of on this pitch, this guy can do certain things. So Keaton Jennings clearly has talent. Um, on those sort of wickets against spin, so I really look forward to that in terms of, yeah, you know, tr- transferring your selection mm. policies um, depending on where you are. Ed I Smith, can't see him in South Africa, can Ed you? Ed Smith is very keen about talking. You're not, you're not being dropped. You're being rested for a particular mm. series because obviously, I mean, we see it all the time in football, don't we? Is that particular players? Yeah particular star players play particular matches don't play others because of the tactics yeah so in cricket that's so exacerbated because oh, yeah. you are playing a different game yeah. if you're playing in India yeah. so I think it's only right I think it's probably quite wise from him then I yeah. agree yeah but I don't, I, don't, I don't see him in South Africa where it's going to be a long game Dom Sibley you need, you need to open well, him don't you absolutely you've got, he's had two tests you've got to keep going with him also he's going to be very similar to English conditions you're going to expect a bit more swing than in New Zealand um, obviously Jimmy Jimmy Anderson, the long-awaited return, he should be back for that series. But who do you bring him in for? Curran, Wokes. How long has he got left, Jimmy Anderson? Is it impossible to say? Every time we almost rule him out, do you think he's coming back stronger? If Jimmy, if, if he'd have played in the Ashes this summer, he'd have retired. Yeah. If Jimmy breaks down first day at Centurion, I think that's where the first test is. Then that that's right. that will be that will be the end of Jimmy Anderson. Yeah. His England career will be over. He'll have failed another fitness test. He won't want to make, uh, won't want to do all the rehab and stuff. So, so it's a big series for him. Obviously, if he makes it through, then well, another year. Is he trying to go past? Now is he trying to go past Anil Kumble? Is the next person on the like on the list? Six. I mean, he really wants to get to six hundred, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Pack it at six hundred. <laughs> it's not a bad effort, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think, for especially what you mentioned earlier about Joe Root, is I think Joe Root would have liked another test in New Zealand just to make sure he's definitely in form or indeed another, just another innings, because then he's now having to go to South Africa. I mean, in two, two, two weeks, three weeks, you've had to go from New Zealand to South Africa, very different conditions again. 
Um, but I'm quite excited just because it's over Christmas yeah. and it, it's an eight o'clock start in the morning. Mm. That's good times. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good series. I mean, just to the point about Jerry, I just like Test cricket when a, where three fifty is a really good score, mm. and and that's not what we saw over New Zealand, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, when three fifty is really a good score, then I think you get more interesting Test cricket. I and mean, that's what you see in England a lot. I think South Africa, I think, will be as you say a really interesting test because it's two teams sort of finding something. South Africa have had a rotten summer in you know the, in terms the of the, the World Cup was. Awful as I mean, well. they were weak at best. Um, I was really stunned at how I watched. How poor. I was at the Oval for the first game and just how bad they were. Yeah. Um, they just, I mean, to, to get out, they were out for almost just over two hundred, but yeah. just so unlikely. I mean, they just looked really poor, poor, but also they just didn't have any spirit at all behind them. They looked really, uh, really, really lacking in confidence. And Team I think Davilias and Davilias has provided them with a lot of confidence over the years, and his absence has made a massive dent and difference. And obviously, Dale Stain no longer going to be playing. Dale Stain retired is a massive difference as well. So I fancy England to win the series. Actually, I do fancy England yes, to win the series. Although they do have undeniable talent in people like Quinton de Kock, Faftu Plessy's been around a lot. Uh, Rabada, obviously, very talented young fast bowler who will cause England some problems. But the question is, I think. I'd, I'd I don't think they've got the strength and depth. I feel like when South Africa are at their best in sport, they rely on iconic figures in that side. So you look at the rugby and you can pick out assertively certain, certain figures who just define a way of, of playing and, and a spirit. And, and South Africa's sport relies so much on spirit, doesn't it? Mentality mm. and a drive for so many motivations. And, and that's where they go a level above other teams because for obvious reasons, they can't get to that same emotional level. And I feel with the South Africa side now, You've lost to Villiers, staying on his way out, Hashimamla, Faf, and you know, you're just, you're just struggling for those figures now. I think... It, They're in a transitional moment. I mean, yeah. with England, you know, you know your figures because, I mean, a lot of players are very inexperienced. But with South Africa, it's, it's very transitional. Um, you need to find heroes. And for me, Faf Duplessis, is he at top, is he top level? No. Is he world class? I've watched, it. I've watched him in 2008. I think Rabada has a, the he's the, he's got the potential to, 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 to be able to get behind. Yeah. Rabada is world class. Yeah, absolutely. Rally. He is a rallying figure. If, of the ones that they have, he's definitely If there. anyone is going to get near Jimmy Anderson in the future, it's going to be Rabada. Because he's only 22 or something. He's already got ridiculous performance. Um but Joffre Arch is going to have to rise to his standards. Yeah. That's going to be very exciting. To hear, does to hear play in the Test cricket still? No, he doesn't. I'm just looking at this team. Dean Elgarth mm-hmm. opened the batting in India. Obviously, been around a bit, but I've just come back to Duplessis. I watched him in 2008 playing for Lancashire. He didn't score 100 for Lancashire in four four years mm-hmm. there. I mean, mm-hmm. I think his stats are pretty good, but I just they are in international cricket. But but I was so surprised when he became the South, South Africa captain because when he was at Lancashire, I saw nothing which would say say that he would be a future South yeah. Africa captain. I think he's very popular. I just don't see that sort of titanic edge to him no. that a Graham Smith had where people got behind him as, as the, the talisman. And I really feel that South Africa is struggling for those those big X-factor mm. individuals. And I think a lot of them will go off to, to the White Bull stuff. I mean, A.B. De Villiers, with a guy with that talent and with that pull on the South African public to suddenly not play test cricket, that's such worrying signs, isn't it? Imagine if Joe Root or, or Ben Stokes thought... I'd probably rather play white ball cricket. I, I just find that pretty, pretty worrying. And I look at that team that played in India. I don't, I don't even recognise half the names. And I would say that I follow <laughs> international cricket yeah. pretty closely, and that's, yeah. that's a kind of worrying sign for them. Um, but definitely, uh, always nice to open up Boxing Day with a Test match. Just there, get mm. up, stick on the box. Mm. And also a reasonable start. time as well. Good st- oh yeah, eight o'clock, good time. Get get down in your dressing gown. Yeah, with the breakfast. 
stick it, it on. It feels that nice sort of little period between Christmas and New Year. Well, as you, well. can, you can just pig out, can't you? Those few days. Yeah. Oh, it's such a nice moment. Just forget about speaking these of, chapters and spe- stuff. Speaking of Christmases, when are, we, when are we all heading back? Is it a week today? I'm on the Saturday. On the, on Saturday. the, on the train. Chambers? Not sorted yet. Not sorted? Got to buy his ticket. Is it because of dissertation or...? I've just not got around to it yet, to be honest. Yeah, not got around to it? No, not decided yet. I've just decided well, I'm going to stay up for research and stuff. I'm going to the World Char- World Darts Championship again, though. I told you right, that. Right, yeah. When 17th. Um, when is it? 17th. Where? Alexandra Palace. Right. As it always is. Uh, Ali, pa- Ali Pali. Ali Pali. Honestly, been once before. It is the best sporting event I've been to in terms of just it's just such a unique atmosphere she atmosphere amazing atmosphere um, Raymond Van Barneveld has got a winner match but if he wins it fingers crossed he does it's his last time obviously five times champion of the world um, his last time playing the World's Darts Championship and I'm going to be there for his first round so gonna, absolute scenes mate we're going to get dressed up this time which we didn't last time you're gonna, what we're gonna so, so you're going to be home by then yes so you, you get him before the 17th back then? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Probably? Yeah. yeah. Gosh, this is cage. I Sorry, yeah, I probably. Don't, yeah, I yeah. don't think Chambers wants to see his family. That's what no, I, I do want to see him. I'm getting that vibe. He just wants to sing Viva La Vida. I saw the two weeks ago. I was going to say, the most imp- what, was the, what was the uh, thing you were looking forward to most at, at Christmas? But obviously, Chambers is a bit like, mm, not the family anyway. The Ali Pali. do that to me. Ali Pali. Oh, I love my family too much, man. Too much. Oh, now he says that because he knows that Mummy Chambers will be listening to this at some point later. I know, I know Hobbs is looking forward to seeing his mother again without a doubt as he told me he's been up in Durham for a good old long time you've not seen her since you came up I've seen her once no I need to see mum 100% yeah. I'm looking forward to on. Christmas dinner to be honest that's, oh, the, yeah. that's the one do day. you like all the traditions of Christmas then that's the one day of the year when I just I go mad on the calories the year <laughs> or the year the year yeah, yeah, enjoy yeah. it yeah I oh, mean yeah. I just I just I do like I, I mean, I'm, it's going to sound like I'm saying this for posterity now but I do love spending time with the family it's the best bit about Christmas. <laughs> best bit about Christmas. But, uh, yeah. No, we've got a Christmas... Chris, you're going to do the Christmas show for Purple Radio, which is coming out next week, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is next Thursday. Adrian Waterloo's going to be fronting it, of course, fronting the coverage as Purple Radio counts down for Christmas. What can I say? Last year, Adrian told his Christmas dinner story about five different times across the course of about six hours, just uh, sat there reading about archaeology. <laughs> but, uh, I did, didn't I? Yeah, you sat there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah That's yeah. right. Late deadlines, you know. That's the ones. So I was really impressed this week when uh, New Zealand were given the Christopher Martin Jenkins Spirit of Cricket Award mm. for 2019, and obvious reasons because the way the way legends, the way they heroes. handled the, that World Cup final afterwards was just sensational. I, I mean, I I I couldn't have done it. A special award should have been given to the journalists who yeah. handled that. I mean, obviously Ian Smith doing the commentary, but also Simon Dool was sent down to literally interview all of the yeah. England players after they just won. I mean, as proud New Zealanders, having played for the other country, wanting to see them win the World Cup, you know, I mean, it's just it was so crushing. And they and they carried them again. It was given the way that they lost. I mean, you know, plenty. They'll always they'll always be a part of them, which will, you know, they'll. they'll they'll oh, yeah. sort of get past but it but they'll always they'll think about it, it. If that, if we never actually lost we never actually lost that game no. technically um, you know so they'll they'll feel that but they handle themselves incredibly well and it's it's probably a mark of sportsmanship in the way that Kane Williamson handles himself better than anything I've ever seen oh. um, completely I'm not sure you'd see it in any other sport after after losing that closely because obviously when you lose by a long way you can just put your hands up and go yeah they completely outplayed us yeah, it's fair. We didn't deserve to win. Uh, do you know what? The only other example I can think of is the All Blacks in mm. the Lions series with with that penalty. 
um, which yeah. should never have been it should always have been awarded to the All Blacks right in front of the mm -hmm. post and the way Kieran Reid handled himself in front of the cameras with the referee in the press later up until this day is mm. just extraordinary it's definitely something that that country majors on and it's it's really yeah, spine tingling at times I mean, in terms of sport like I can think of some special like mm. post round responses from players oh yeah like uh, Justin Rose after Sergio Garcia won the Masters was mm. unbelievable I and mean, Rose had literally lipped out a couple of times to win it and he sat there for 50 minutes and fielded questions on how happy he was for Sergio <laughs> that he won it's just like some people, some people, some sportsmen have just, and you know, you can see the guys completely like on the I'm kind of on the verge of tears. I like, don't want to be here, you know. But, but they, some some sportsmen have the the most remarkable strength of character to to be great winners, to be great losers. And I also think I also, there is a kind of dialectic about it because the sportsmen we admire are the ones you know they deliver those great moments and stuff. And we think, well, so like some of the people say that the most important thing about sport is winning and stuff, but. You are reminded every now and again of just some people of their just their complete respect for their opponent and how they mm. carry themselves afterwards, and it's an inspiration for everybody in all sorts of walks of life. The way you respond to adversity, and you know, these, I mean, those New Zealand cricketers, you know, there's a part of me that does hope that they're going in four years' time and do something special. I mean, obviously, I want England to win, but if New Zealand went and won the next World Cup after finishing second twice, you couldn't help but think. I think for all like Hatfield did at the Rugby uh, Floodgate yeah. Cup last year. That's what we were made up about for the. For 2019, I think as a as a highlight, you think of so many moments. Obviously, in yeah. winning the World Cup, Ben Stokes' incredible innings at Headingley. Obviously, David Warner getting 335 wow. just the other day. I mean, but but the one moment that actually stands out is just the New Zealand team after they've lost. Yeah, because I was emotionally drained, and I've just been watching on the sofa all day. Oh my god! And I remember saying to everyone there, I was just like, I couldn't do this. Couldn't yeah, I mean, Jimmy Neesham. I don't know if you've watched his, read, read his Twitter account. Jimmy Neesham. Amazing. Account is Amazing. Just like, just, uh, just really funny, but just so, like, yeah. Fantastic. And the fact that he was involved in the Super Over as well. He was batting for mm. New Zealand, and his interview post-match was just... I don't know what the highlights you've got, but for me, that just stands out as a moment. I don't think I'm ever going to forget. No. No. Can I... Can I be, this might be slightly less popular, but we might get into Australia in the moment, but Tim Payne, can I say the same thing? After when he was interviewed after the Ben Stokes, yeah. you had the the run out with Nathan Lyon. Then you mm -hmm. had the review that wasn't used with that unbelievable decision. Umpire Joel Wilson, absolutely plum. Um, Love Joel. <laughs> I, I feel like the the reformation of Australia has got a lot to. Tim Payne's got a lot to yep. say for that. Um, yep. In the way he sort of remoulded the, the the policy of the nasty of, team. Yeah, hundred percent. And and his personality, his his general respect, I think, is a massive factor in, in yeah the new rise of, of an Australia who can win and, and win well yeah no so big up Tim Payne yeah big up I'm just thinking of great moments which was the performance of Ali Dar and Joel Wilson on that first test at Edgebaston <laughs> which is the worst umpire <laughs> stuff you've ever seen they got everything wrong didn't they everything wrong literally everything wrong everything basically whatever However, they, whatever, they, whatever they did you would just do the reverse yeah but Kumar's not I mean you know this podcast is dedicated yeah. to Kumar Kumar like it's not had a great sort of six months I must admit no. I mean we have as a, as a house my house has uh, developed the Dharma Sena dance move which is the reverse obviously I can't oh, show yeah, you listeners yeah, but the reversal when they tap their shoulders like that and then they're just the douche douche so you do it's like the Macarena yeah, if you actually yeah, do it yeah. you get you do the Dharma Sena and you do you do the do that the is why do the reverse like that. not out but, but, yeah, but you know why why because obviously he, he, he 
he officiates so many England games. Yeah. I mean, he's always there. Yeah. He must know the players so well. It yeah. means that just increased scrutiny for us because we always watch England games. Mm. And we're always watching them. We're like, oh, come on, Kumar, mate. There's actually, Kumar. there's actually kind of dearth of great umpires at the moment. Oh, I yeah, think massive. Um, so you know, they, they, and that Ashes series was literally desperate for Murray and uh, Murray Rasmussen, Kumar, Dominic to get, arrive. Get, get Billy Bowden back. So that, Billy Bowden was brilliant. Simon Townsend as well. The Australian, so good, fantastic. But you're looking around and you go, <laughs> just as well we got the DRS. Otherwise, there'd be some very unhappy batsmen around mm-hmm. and bowlers. Yeah, umpires in yeah. cricket are a strange one. I mean, I remember Andrew Flintoff um, telling a story about when when he had an umpire who who wouldn't give him out absolutely plum, and he said after the game when they were having a few beers, "Oh, don't worry, Freddie, my wife likes you. I wouldn't give you out." And 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 they, there's some sort of connection there in a way that no other sport has with, with players and umpires mm. and obviously you'd hope professionalism has taken over but you do get a sense that if you're so involved with those players constantly mm. so intimately for such a long period of time that must be really it must be really intimate breakfast yeah it must be tough to yeah get that all out of your mind they are humans mm. after all mm. I mean Joel Wilson's certainly human yeah <laughs> <laughs> definitely I just want, do want to mention before if we, we have to call it in a minute but um, yeah we do we have to say I mean I know you mentioned Warner 335 <sighs> kind of incredible how he's come back in Australia and started playing I mean there must be a bit of him 335 and not out that would have just said oh, just give me another 20 more overs and see what I can do surely there was Brian, a bit of him Brian Lara. surely there was a bit of him thought can I get to 401 and because I must admit it's unlikely he'll ever get to a position like that ever again the thing is, um, is if David Warner isn't given the time to get 400 who is going to be able to get to the 400 how much time are you going to need yeah because david is a he's a quick run scorer at the best of time and he scored it at, i mean strike was it near like 85 i think it was it? 419 balls is that right <sighs> yeah. about that 80 was his strike rate he scored 335 runs at 80.19 uh, 8.14 excuse me strike rate so you're like ridiculous it's unheard of 39 fours and one six and i to that minus labashone Started the year at 110 in the ICC rankings. Finishes the year, well, probably at eight. Mm. He's gone up 102 places. 162 as well. Flying. Yeah. Flying. He is an absolute force to be reckoned with. And they're be- somehow below uh, South Africa in the ICC rankings. Despite the fact they went to England yeah. and took the Ashes back. Most of these rankings are nonsense. Well, I think that's the why FIFA ones are nonsense, and so are the ICC ones. They don't take them really very seriously. You take, you look at the players, and you make the judgments for right. the series based off that. And that is why the Test Championship is so good in, yeah. in sort of clearing all that up. Because you've got a pace attack of Cummins, Hazelwood, and Stark. South Africa aren't even close to having a pace attack of that. And don't don't forget the goat, Nathan Lyon. Oh. He's unbelievable, isn't he? In Australia, surprisingly good. Gaza. Well, there we go. Are we done? we done. Oh, well, Hobbs, by the way, I've had some questions. Uh, what is your cricket ped- pedigree? As a player? Yeah. I'm very good at second slip, giving a lot of chat. That's Off a specialism. Up. Yeah. Um, right. I would say. And then, I can hold a bat. That's some commentary at Lords, haven't you? Oh, I've, I've done a bit of commentary. Um, on and on pitch, I do a lot of commentary as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like Nasser Hussain, was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so, played a bit at school. Um, a lot of second slip action took a few catches last season made a few runs as well so I would say a specialist fielder who can hold a bat and talk about cricket maybe I'll leave that up I mean that's about that's about Chambers' ability too to be fair cheeky man (laughs) I'll have you know that my best score is 45 not out when was that? that was 
year 10 really I stopped yeah. playing cricket in kind of year 11 really because uh, exams GCSEs, and stuff got in the way yeah. and um, the lower 6th sixth, lower sixth summer we had 8 games scheduled and 2 of them got oh, played because of weather oh weather just weather I really thought you lived in the, in, the, in the south where the sun always shines. Yeah, no, not really, not really. Um, yeah, Northern had great weather for cricket, and I've just sort of not really kept up with the university. So. Hobbs also lives in the south, don't you? London? De- decent batsman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. I had a lot of, I had a lot of 30, like, a lot of starts. A lot of 38s, a lot of 38s. A lot of James Vinces. Yeah, yeah. IPL starts would be very good, a lot of 30s. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly that. And uh, yeah, he used to take wickets. He used to come up the hill, medium pace, and just when I was at B team level, B team level cricket, like not that, not that great. But you know, if you just bowl him on middle stump, which I used to do, I used to pick up loads of wickets, loads of wickets. Loads of wickets. And then we played against this county player, and I was the captain. And it was a twenty-over game, and they scored two hundred and twenty. Because this guy came in, he'd been dropped from the A team, and he played county cricket, like county level cricket. And he came in, and we had a very short boundary on the leg side, and he genuinely just hit like we had our five best bowlers and he just went for it he scored I think he scored 95 off 40 balls oh it was just like savage. it was just crazy he just but he just all he had to do was just chip it into the leg side and he went for six <laughs> it's just like as a captain you're just sort of like right okay so there is nothing I can do yeah yeah. Speaking of tearing his hair out, yeah. guess where James is going now? It's time for a haircut. It's time for a haircut. It, it, it doesn't need a haircut. It's really bad. Like it's actually demoralising when you have hair this long. It's messy. It's just really bad. Um, yeah, I woke up this morning. And I was just like, I need to get is it that up. the Christmas trim? Uh, we'll have to be now. Yeah, I want to get it done at home, but this uh, another week is going to absolutely kill me. Could be so. another week and a half because Chambers doesn't want to go home. Well, let's not mention that. All in all, pray for Chambers. Pray for Chambers, and whilst Hobbs saunters around Durham and his team Durham chatting about the election and all that kind yeah. of stuff no don't, don't say it don't, I'll have to bleep it there we go <laughs> <laughs> stuff. right yeah so that's, that's us done free red to are done for 2019 it feels like a long year it has so been it's been so much fun and uh, great to have Will in for these last two yeah. episodes but it's been uh, really really great fun to do this uh, over the last 12 months with yourself Adrian in the in the presenting uh, presenting chair you've done a fantastic job Thank and you've made this stop it. podcast uh, oh well you know I mean that's that's the view of radio no one can tell but you know it's been a fantastic uh, fantastic year shout out to obviously Max Parry and Rip and Bertie Moores who put us on the uh, on the old YouTube for a yeah. couple of times um, yeah. yeah we saw great great podcast we saw Chambers' beautiful face but we started yeah. 2019 talking about the fact that England make and win World Cup winning Nash's victory well they did one of them yeah but they failed on the other. We've been an amazing year for cricket, and it's been great to, to to share the ride in our little podcast studio here on Level Two of the SU. More from it in 2020, please. That's us signing off. Don't forget Sunday we've got Sports Feed. Hobbs wants to say something. Can I just say, great to be here as well. Um, phenomenal, great show. But 2019, thank you to Bob Willis. Oh, Three Reds, Kumar's biggest fan. Will Hobbs signing us off. Don't forget Sports Feed. Uh, on air 5 till 7 on Sunday as I've kicked over something (laughs) 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 transitions as always absolutely right that's us done have a good Christmas and we'll see you in the new year downloading this purple radio podcast for more great content and to listen live head to purpleradio.co.uk